well, hello and welcome and welcome and hello. Come in, come in, come in. The weather out there has been so dreadful or delightful lately, hasn't it? But you've come to the right place, I can assure you. So go ahead, wash your teeth, brush your face, have a cozy sit-stand or lie down, and close your eyes wide awake, because I've got a story to tell you. His Breadbox Mouse Have I ever told you about... Alistair's Breadbox Mouse? Well then... Now seems as good... And perhaps a better... Time as any. It was a winter's day, the day before the day so many know as Christmas, and Alistair had moved far away from his family. Alistair sat at his window and looked outside at a frozen world. Ice had crawled up and over the fence and crept up to the edge of the window. He could see his mailbox had been sealed shut. And Alistair imagined all the important letters and cards trapped inside, desperately wanting to get to Alistair and express their season's greetings. But instead, they would be forced to share their messages and greetings with the other cards and letters in the solitude of that frozen box as the world headed toward a new ice age. The world can seem big and empty when you are far away from what you know. Inside his home, a fire popped crackled and hissed the cold into a retreat and left the place warm. But outside, Alistair's home had attempted to cry, had dripped tears down its roof that were meant to hit the ground and create a chain reaction of watery melting. But the tears were held in place in icicle form. And though some of them were very close, none of them had reached the ground. Alistair sat and bathed in the warmth of nostalgia. He looked to his lonely Christmas tree and saw all of those that were not there with him. A father, an uncle, a mother, an aunt, grandparents, cousins. It was warm there in his memories, and it was easy to stay there and let them steep. One could even stay there for a lifetime. In fact, it was possible that Alistair had resigned himself to do so. But we will never know for certain, because Alistair heard a scurrying. It was in the walls at first. Then, no, wait, it was under the floorboards and... In the walls. In the ceiling. Walls. Floor. Walls. Mantle, yes, the mantle. There it was, standing upright at the center of the mantle. A mouse poking its nose into the air and basking in the glow from Alistair's fireplace. And just like that, and so very abruptly, Alistair was pulled from the past into the present. He did not lunge so much as trip, and as he fell, the little mouse scurried back into the walls. The ceiling. Walls. Floor. Walls again. Ceiling. Walls. And out from a hole just beneath the window. A hole so small that had Alistair not tripped and landed face to hole with it, he would have never known it existed. And out of the hole poked the pink little pink of the mouse's little nose. And soon after came the mouse. It was the first full glimpse Alistair had of him. He was tiny. And he was a mouse. Those were the generics. The specifics were that his hair was sandy and well kept. 
His eyes were hazel with the tiniest of twinkles in them. His ears seemed bigger than a mouse's ears should. His underbelly was a lighter sand color than the rest of his fur, and his whiskers curled up at the ends as if he had waxed the tips for a night out on the town. Oh, and one more thing. He walked right up to Alistair and touched his nose to Alistair's nose. Looking into the tiny hazel mouse eyes, Alistair felt for a moment that it was an apology as much as it was a greeting. That moment soon passed, though. Alistair did not have time for it. He had memories to get back to. So Alistair made a fist and tried to pound the mouse. But from his disadvantaged position on the floor, the awkward jerkiness was enough to trigger the little mouse's flea instinct. And so it did. It fled. Walls. Floor. Walls. Ceiling. Walls. Floor. Walls. Then silence. Alistair waited for some time. He was absolutely quiet. So quiet that he could hear the world outside continue to freeze. And the fire popped, crackled, and continued to hiss. But there was no scurrying. Alistair pushed himself up from the floor and stood. He walked to a drawer, pulled out a trap, stuck cheese in it, set it next to the hole, and waited and waited, and waited, and patiently waited, and fell asleep on the couch closest to the hole. Alistair tended to fall asleep when he was patiently waiting. His dreams were filled with sapia-tinted memories, and giggling, and presents, and carols, and family, and late that night, Alistair heard the snap of the trap springing into action. There was a clear and visceral thud to it that rang of reality. But the sound was off in the distance, and Alistair continued in his slumber until the sun woke him. When Alistair opened his eyes, it was Christmas morning, and there on the pillow was his only gift. It was the piece of cheese. It had been carefully placed without a bite in it. And next to the cheese standing upright was the little mouse. There was a flash of a moment where Alistair thought that the mouse was mocking him. And the mouse must have sensed that because in the same flash, the mouse was gone. Walls. Ceiling. Walls. Floor. Walls. Silence. And Alistair had felt ashamed for his flash of insecurity. He had seen terror in the mouse's little hazel eyes. And what's more, there was hurt in them. It had only been the flash of a moment, but if you had been there in that moment... You would have seen the hurt. The cheese had been brought there as a gift. The mouse did not know that the cheese was once Alistair's, or, what's more, that it was Alistair who set the trap. The mouse simply saw cheese and decided to give it to Alistair. It did not even know that the trap was a trap. That became all the more apparent when Alistair retrieved the trap and saw that the tip of the mouse's tail had been clipped off by the trap's iron bar. All day, Alistair could think of no one and no thing except that littlest of little mice and how its little feelings had been hurt and how his little tail had been hurt. How it became more and more obvious that the little mouse was alone too. Alistair longed to hear scurrying. In the walls. Ceiling. Walls. Floor. Walls. Anywhere. But nothing. 
So Alistair went back to his window with every intention of dipping back into the deep well of holiday memories. But when he got to the window, he was held back from dipping. The previous night, snow had fallen and covered the ice, but what kept him from dipping into the well was not the surprise of snow. The mailbox had been opened, and tiny footprints led from the mailbox to the house. Alistair stepped back to his couch. He was stunned. His mind was filled with half and quarter finished thoughts like, What? I I don't... Why? And... How? And Alistair sat on the couch and put his head on the pillow to fall asleep. Alistair tended to fall asleep when he was stunned. But before dozing, he put his palm under the pillow for positioning. And he felt paper. He felt envelopes. He sat up and threw the pillow aside, and there, carefully set, were all his letters and cards from loved ones. Another gift from his little friend, and still no scurrying. Alistair did not know what to do next, so he walked to the kitchen to make a sandwich. Alistair tended to eat a sandwich when he did not know what to do next. He opened his bread box, and there, nestled between two pieces of bread, was the mouse, sleeping away its shivers. Alistair pulled up the top piece of bread. It had been whole wheat. And tucked his friend in before closing the bread box. Alistair gave but one gift that year. He gave the mouse a room in his house. The bread box. And the mouse? Well, he began to sew. Oh yes, the breadbox mouse could sew. He sewed a gift for Alistair that had every intention of becoming a sweater, but would eventually settle on being a mitten. 